Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am Quincy Valentine, and welcome to the Valentine Experience. I truly appreciate you guys for coming back again. And when I say again, I mean again and again and again. This has truly been an experience to be able to lay my truth on the line and taking the critique, taking all the honesty and feedback that has helped me become not just a better podcaster, but a better person. So continue to shoot me your feedback. It is greatly welcomed. It is appreciated. And you guys don't know exactly how it makes me feel. Um, it's, uh, it's invigorating to be able to put my life on the line and feel like people understand it and get it. Um, without further ado, this is episode 20, Letter to Myself. Stay tuned. So in this episode, Letter to Myself, um, it's kind of self-explanatory with the title, but me being 34 years old, having a child, been through relationships and just being where I'm at now, um, I always think about, and I, I think, I think everybody has that moment or that, that aha moment where they're like, shit, if I would have known what I would have known now, back then, how would I handle that situation? And letter to myself is more of a conversation to my younger self. Um, <laughs> we're going to press the rewind button for a second. Um, so as a young boy, I dealt with anxiety, depression, um, suicidal thoughts, and just genuinely not feeling like I belonged. Um, my family always felt like it was teetering, it was up and down. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, not feeling like you necessarily belong. You grow up, intricate part in my development from a, a young boy to a man, she knew exactly what she wanted from me. I had not yet developed the understanding on or the concept of what she was asking of me. She was asking me to be a provider and a sole provider and take the reins as a man, how she viewed what a man is supposed to be and the archetype of how she viewed men was based on her father. So, I was so opposed to not being her father that I got in my own way and put myself at a disadvantage to be the man that she was asking me to be and that she needed me to be at that moment. So in turn, it made me disgruntled and I felt as though she was trying to make me her father. But now looking at it in hindsight, it wasn't it wasn't an unreasonable expectation. But I felt that it was an unreasonable expectation because I did not feel or I or I wasn't obligated. I felt that even though she was my child's mother, I felt I didn't feel like I was obligated to her. Um and how I went about it was extremely immature. Instead of 
consoling her and having a one-on-one conversation with her and being extremely transparent on where I was, what I was feeling at the moment, I chose to take the lower route and created a void in the relationship between her and I in turn made things extremely catastrophic and it blew up and didn't realize that it would cause so much pain, not for myself, not for her, but as my daughter grows older, she starts to see the things that I didn't see. And through a child's eyes, a child's eye, what I've learned is their third eye is never closed. Not until they start to get tainted by the world that their third eye kind of closes up unless we equip them enough to be capable to maneuver in and out of these things. So having a conversation with my kid is like, hey, daddy, um, why didn't you marry mommy? And and I can I can feel the energy like she's she genuinely wants to know not for her mother, not she just wants to know. So I'm like, well, how did you figure I was going to marry mommy? Well, I seen the picture when I was in mommy's stomach and she had a ring on her finger. So I I came up with the idea. Mind you, this is six year old that you were going to marry mommy. And now I'm like, whoa, I'm thinking I'm not going to have this conversation until she's 12 or 13. She's six years old. She just turned six in July. So now I'm like, well, I don't really have an answer for that. That's what I'm thinking. But I go, well, um, daddy and mommy just didn't see eye to eye on things. And then the younger me is like, well, if she did this and she did that, then we would still be together. But it's all about being proactive. I've seen the signs previously or prior to us kind of having that rip. But because I was so self-consumed with my emotions and how I felt about the situation or how she felt or I felt like she was belittled me as a man and I felt that she just didn't understand that I was going through these emotional turmoils. But people don't understand what you're going through unless unless you explain it to them in full depth. And it just broke me. So now I go back and I'm just like, well, how does that gonna, how does that make you feel, baby, that that daddy and mommy are not married. She looks away and she looks back at me and she's like, I wish you were. And I ask her why? Because I always want to know the why. No matter who it is, whether my child, whether it's my my leader at work, maybe uh, a peer of mine, I still want to know the why. And she goes, well, so I can see you all the time, so I can burp in your face. And although that may not mean nothing to you, to me it means the world because she's longing for those intimate moments with her dad. And I deprived her of that because of my selfish reasons. So the letter to myself would be, hey, young, young Q, 
be patient, be understanding, be resilient. But when this woman is dealing with these emotions, it is up to you to have that conversation. Say, hey, listen, you know, this relationship is not necessarily going to be the best for us moving forward. But we need to work as a cohesive unit so that we can be the best parents to our child. It took us five years for us to actually be cordial to one another and a lot of spiteful, disrespectful talk between her and I has put us in a place where me personally, I feel I can't speak for her, but I feel as though I'm walking on eggshells when I speak. And all this could have been avoided if I would have had the understanding of a man. See, the thing is, we we define masculinity by what we provide on the table, what we put on the table, right? What we bring, like masculinity is not a, uh, it, it's not a physical thing. It is not a monetary thing. It is a emotional thing. Understanding that in order for you to be great, you have to tap into those specific emotions that is going to help benefit the long-term relationship, whether it be business, emotional, or spiritual. It takes a lot of time and growth and a lot of bumps. It's crazy because... I was reading The Way of the Superior Man, and in that book, it spoke on decision-making and understanding what decision-making truly looks like, man, female, or other. And what it spoke on really, and and just me paraphrasing, is decision-making and how we go about it. A woman... Or your partner is not going to trust your decision making if you don't trust your decision making. Right. I say it again. A woman is not going to trust your decision making if you don't trust it. What that means is that when you make a decision, you live in it and you own it. Right. You can have that conversation with your partner and say, hey, listen, I made this decision based on these specific factors. Right. The problem is, is that you're never supposed to waver from your decision making. Even if you feel like even if your partner feels like it's not right, you still own it and live with it. Because if you are easily wavered based on your decision making, then guess what? How can you how can she trust your decision making if you can't trust your own decision making? It takes time. It takes energy to grow as a team. It's the it's those bumps in the road that that make it all worth it. And that would be the conversation I would have to my younger self is like, don't be so easily persuaded based on. A whim. Hey, look, I'm thinking about taking this particular promotion at work. Now, in my mind, I've probably already taken that promotion. But I still have to have that that uneasy conversation. Hey, babe. What's going on? I was I was thinking about taking this promotion at work. Um, these are the key factors for me taking these this specific promotion. How do you feel about it? Well, I don't feel like you should take this particular promotion at this moment. I feel like you should wait another two, three months because we're dealing with all these different things. And this transition would halt a lot of our decision making on our living situation. 
she may be right or he may be right but still living and own your shit because if you own your shit it shows that you have strife and that you're willing to live whatever whatever decision that you make now sometimes it can be counterproductive but most of the times it shows that you have a general understanding and you're clear and concise with your direction in life if I had this conversation with myself three years ago, it wouldn't have been so easy because I was so all over the place. I wanted so much, but I felt as though I was in constant competition with being great. But it's like, what are you great at? Well, I'm great at managing this and I'm great at doing this and I'm great at doing that and I'm okay at doing this. But what is your five year plan? Well, if I do this and this and this, then I do this. But I'm, I'm going to talk about it a lot. Now I don't talk so much. I just do it. I follow through. And then once it's almost completed, then I speak on it. The problem is we speak before the action is set in place. That would be that advice that I give to myself. It's crazy because... I never had that uh, that father figure to tell me, like, yo, you're doing great. You are the best thing since sliced bread. But, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I'm not really missing anything. Um, the biggest thing is emotional attachment or detachment. Um, compartmentalization is the best and worst thing I've ever came across. I say it because all the emotions that were tied to my adolescence, I've learned to bury it and cover it up. But when I hit specific triggers, it puts me in a dark place and it takes me a very long time to come out. Therapy is probably the best thing for me. But when... I seen a therapist, the conversation was, well, they first start with, hey, how was your mother? How was your father? My immediate response is always the same. It's like, oh, they cool. They all right. What I really want to say is like the younger me is like, look, I'm emotionally hurt. I'm, I'm in distress. I'm dealing with so many different emotions. <clears throat> but the older me has learned to kind of just bury it not because i want to bury it it's 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 kind of like you it's kind of like how we deal with covid you know you don't know if you have it or not you just put a mask on to make sure that you don't expose everybody else to it problem is i have a tendency or i've had tendencies of exposing others to my bullshit when it came to my parents case in point love either I love extremely hard or my love is conditional. Now, that's taught behavior. When I dealt with emotion as a child, my mother didn't necessarily tell me she loved me. Like, it was just like, well, if you did this, then I wouldn't have had to do this. It was never like, yo, it's okay. You can say exactly what you feel. You, This is an open express this is a place where you can openly express how you feel it was more so like 
Well, if you didn't do this, it, it was uh, Squid Put uh, Squid Put Co. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct, but um, it was always one of those things like it was cause and effect. And that's why I learned conditional love, because it was my mother was extremely reactive to negative things. But when we did good in school and I say we as me and my brothers, when we did good in school. We were expected to do that. We weren't we weren't necessarily praised for our academic achievements. But when we got in trouble or specifically me, when I got suspended for acting out of school and stuff like that, it was punishment. So, you know, you see one, you teach one. And the thing is, because I was only taught to react to negative things. Then, as I became older, when things were discomforting for me, I would automatically regress back to that specific emotion. So if you did something I didn't like, I would cut you off. Because, I mean, I didn't I didn't believe in physical like anything physical towards a woman. So it's just like, what? You did what? I'm done. I'm disgusted. Like for a very long time, I, I looked at things either I was either angry or was disgusted because I didn't know how to properly dispose of specific emotion that would tie into me being hurt. It was either like, OK, you're hurting about this. So guess what? Psh, nobody's going to never understand how you're feeling. Psh, nobody don't go through the shit you go through. Psh man, let me go ahead and suffocate this shit and put it in a little box and I just deal with it when I deal with it. What? You slept with my best friend? You did what, girl? You know what? Fuck him, fuck you, and I'm done. And I didn't realize not dealing with those emotions, (laughs) all you're going to do is just drag that shit to the next situation. So now you're looking at, even though you like her, or you feel a deep connection with her, you look at her side eye because you're like, man, this this bruja. I'm not going to call her the B word, but this bruja. You know what I'm saying? She she is, uh, she's something else. <laughs> Already know. Oh, she moving like that? Psh, yeah. I ain't with it. Psh. Matter of fact, I ain't never deleting these numbers out my phone because guess what? I already know what type of time she on. And you kind of, you kind of grow into that feeling of just disgust and disparity because you want to feel that emotion of being loved. You want to to deal with all the indiscretions of what it's like to, to build a family. And that goes back to what I was saying with my child's mother. I put all this energy into creating a family with her that I didn't realize I had not dealt with the emotions from previous years. And because I didn't deal with those emotions from previous years, I tainted someone that didn't need to be exposed to it because she was very green and she didn't have an understanding of she had a general understanding of what her parents viewed as love. Her parents had been married for an exponential amount of years. So her perception of love and how marriage is, is that's what it was. I came from a broken family. My father was extremely abusive with my mother. They went back and forth. They had domestic situations, blah, 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 so forth and so on. So guess what? There you go. My mother didn't tell me she loved me. I never heard my mother tell me she loved me until I was 24 years old. That's 10 years ago. So, like, for me, it's like, damn, 
Like, if my own mother didn't love me, how the fuck can you love me? Man, listen, my mother did this to me. Yeah, you can go this way. You can go this way. And it's just like, boom. And it just all hits you at once. And then when you have that psychological breakdown, that shit is crazy. Because now it's like, yo, there's somebody out there that can really care about me beyond belief. Like, oh, my God, this is real. (sighs) What should I do? And now you're just like in a place where you're just like, yo, I got to breathe. Yo, I don't want to fuck this up. Uh, How do I keep her? How do I like how do I keep her engaged? How do. The younger me, what I would say to the younger me, hey, look, it's okay to cry, man. Like, it's okay to deal with the emotions the way you deal with them. You don't have to suck it up and be a man. Like, you don't have to deal with that. It's okay to cry. Feel those feelings. Feel everything that you feel in that moment. Deal with it as it happens. Because if you don't, it's going to deal with you. Sometimes I sit back. And I'm in astonishment that I am as charismatic and as put together as I am. But the psychological aspect of me sometimes falls short. And to be happy with just being happy and not being happy because it's conditional is extremely huge. Because that means that you're growing. That means that you're no longer putting a bandaid on it. You've learned how to stitch that proverbial wound up. And now you're in that place where you're like, oh, my God. I don't have to fix this. I don't have to I I don't have to continue to front. I don't have to put a hat on because. My hair is just fine. And that's metaphorically speaking, obviously, but my hair is just fine today. It's okay to say, hey, listen. How's your mental today? Are you doing okay? Are you feeling okay? What is it I can do to help you? If you just need to decompress, go ahead and do that. That's what I would say to my younger self. Suicide is not the answer because there's a lot of people that love you and not necessarily because they don't say it, but there's a lot of people that depend on you emotionally. It's okay to cry. It's okay to feel for a very long time I haven't I didn't feel I looked at women as a means to an end to an emotional distress signal because I had mommy issues but now as a man I no longer have mommy issues I have adult issues and at some point you have to take accountability for how you go about things you can't say, hey, well, mommy said this, this, and this, so now, now I'm going to go and mistreat this woman. She didn't deserve that. I'm going to go about things about things in my job because my mom, always quit her, my mom always quit her job. That's not the right way to go. If you feel a certain way, if you feel a sense of discomfort, speak about it. And if you're happy, speak about it. If you're indifferent, speak about it. Because if you don't speak, how do you assume that people are going to know exactly what you need to feel? And how are they going to approach you adequately if they don't know how you feel? Closed mouths don't get fed. And they never will. 
So my letter to myself, to younger me, be you. Be authentically you. You were confused. You're no longer confused. Your life is going to get better in 20 years. The only person that you're responsible for is yourself. Self-preservation and being selfish is probably the best thing you can do. Because you're going to have a kid that's going to be extremely awesome. It's going to ask for the world from you. And you're going you are going to be the best version of yourself once you're by yourself. Because now you're able to be you. Unapologetically. Tell your kid that you love him every single day. The people that you that mean the most to you. Make sure they know it. Until whenever. It gets better. With time. Until I lose. It makes. Every day. More bearable. Because. The light. Is going to always distinguish the dark. Into my baby girl. Daddy loves you. Unequivocally. I am Quincy Valentine. And this was the Valentine experience. You guys be great. Yeah.